coming up next on the Wetfly Swing podcast. He's such a presence in the nomadic world that you know he plays himself in that movie Nomadland that won Best Picture last year. You know his whole thing is that he's kind of a he's kind of a voice for a lot of the people who do van life and live out of their vehicles as a necessity as opposed to like, you know, the luxury kind of sprinter van culture. That was Steve Moore describing one of the big influencers in the van life movement. If you ever wanted to get your vehicle dialed in for camping, you should stick around for today's episode. This is the Wet Fly Swing podcast. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Stonefly Nets, putting quality before quantity with their handcrafted custom wood landing nets. Please head over to wetflyswing.com slash stonefly right now to get your custom net today. That's wetflyswing.com slash stonefly, S-T-O-N-E-F-L-Y to get started right now. Steve Moore is here from Camping Car to show us how to turn your vehicle into a camping machine. We discover how you can actually turn almost any vehicle into a camper, what the van life world is all about, uh, a little glimpse into the old the, to the van life, and how to organize your gear for your next fishing, camping, or outdoor excursion. So without further ado, here we go. Steve Moore from CampingCar.com. How's it going, Steve? It's going good, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking a little time to dig into uh, a little bit of the, we were kind of talking before we got started on the, you know, if we had to pick a, a main keyword for this, there's a number of things that come out like van life, you know, trunk camping, car camping, uh, you know, all these different things. But essentially you guys build this really cool product that makes it easy for people to essentially camp out of their car. And you've got a cool story about heading up to Alaska. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but but just bring us back. Maybe this will bring us here to start to tell us how did this come to be where you have a, a business selling these uh, these basically car build out kits? Yeah. So, you know, about a little over, you know, it's been like about four years ago at this point, uh, I was working a pretty nice, comfortable office job in Seattle. You know, it was a cool company. It was a cool organization and it was, you know, an outdoor based nonprofit. But I just kind of had gotten, you know, I was in my late 20s and feeling a little stir crazy just going to an office every day and just wanting to do more with you know kind of the energy I had and so I decided I was going to quit and made a plan to buy a Honda Element and kind of convert it into a a mobile camper and drove that mobile camper up to Alaska and lived out of it for a good six months and made my you know money at that time uh, playing music gigs and various venues and festivals and just kind of really you know taking time to explore the beauty of you know the northern reaches of our continent and um, you know do outdoor activities and hike and mountaineer and just kind of soak in some some space away from it all you know that was beyond what you know my office jobs vacation time would ever allow me to have and um, that whole camper build that we you know had designed uh was you know it was really nice and professional looking and something that i made uh, with my co-founder martin um we used you know 3d modeling and cnc machinery to make something that was really well fitted and uh clean looking and people just thought it was so cool and so well made that they would say things like you know you guys could sell these like and make lots of money and (laughs) um i was like yeah i don't know about (laughs) that we'll see um and i had moved back uh to washington and actually had moved into uh an apartment that martin was living in and he had a room open up and you know i was i would you know kind of just we might be complaining about our jobs or something and i'd be like you know man like people were really serious i think when they were saying like you know we could sell these camper builds and smaller vehicles for a living like maybe we should Mm -hmm. just do it and one day we were both just like yeah let's do it let's let's Hmm. start an llc right now let's go let's figure this out i think we've got the skills to make it happen and um you know over three years later we're making it happen more than ever before Wow. So describe a little bit about what the, the product is or the lines of products that people are most interested in that you guys build. 
Yeah, for sure. So we specialize right now in uh, kind of DIY assembly, uh, flat packable um, camper builds that you can use in a variety of vehicles. Um, the main service these offer is like an elevated uh, level sleeping platform. Um, some of these platforms like the trunk bunk can expand and contract to different lengths while others are more of just like a simple um, non-expanding platform called the basic bunk. Um, there's also some storage solutions that kind of work in tandem with these platforms to give you some shelves and ways to organize your stuff. And it, it's just a really nice, easy way to get a really high quality um, setup for basic camping in the back of your car and, or truck or small van or whatever, um, wherever you might have a nice level surface in a vehicle that you could put something like this. And we also do like fully custom camper builds and full van conversions that will include everything from solar to air conditioning to propane stoves and cabinetry and um, fancy transforming furniture. Um, you know, it's, the sky is kind of the limit in terms of what we can do. We like to think we come in here and offer everything from like the very basics to, you know, something really nice and, uh, modular and custom for people who want to go that route that's cool yeah so you guys pretty much do it all and it's interesting because there's a number of different products out there you see and one of them you see are these pop-up uh tents that are really popular yeah. now you know what i mean like they're on top of the car and the, i've mm -hmm. always looked at those and thought like wow it's just it's like this huge thing on top of your car you know it's just th this other thing it probably doesn't help with gas mileage right and, <laughs> and, and all that stuff no. and you kind of essentially do the same i mean you're building you know essentially a bed the same sort of thing just in the car so the challenge is is that especially i could imagine a honda element or some other smaller car that, you know, you put a bed in there, then where's your space to do everything else? Talk about that when you do this element. And well, first talk about what year the element, you know, was, and then talk about the challenges to building a six month thing in a, because elements aren't huge, right? They're not. No, I mean, they, they are boxy. So there's a element of space involved where you've got like, um, more headroom and mm. you know a, a more just sort of they're really yeah. similar to like a CRV in their you know kind of guts and their platform, but the body is way boxier, and so the back of it is only like you know in terms of actual length, you know five and a half feet. Oh and wow! I'm, I'm six three. Holy cow! Uh, so it you know there's some design uh, modular kind of changes we had to make, like for example. Um, the way my element build was, it was sort of like this raised platform. So there's a lot of storage space underneath. And we had these like cubby lids um, on top of the platform that you could use to access the space underneath. Oh, wow. And then I had a small kind of shelf cabinet thing on the side that I could use for storing, you know, food and other, other essentials. And the way I essentially made the sleeping work was that at night, I would scoop my um, passenger seat forward. You know, the back seats were totally gone, which is easy to do in an element. Oh, okay. You can just take them out without hardly any trouble at all. It takes about a minute to take each oh, seat wow. out. It's a really cool modular vehicle in that way. Um, but to sleep at night, I would scoot the front passenger seat forward. And then I had this sort of these, um, you know, kind of supports that would pull out of the platform. And I would flip out this sort of extension of the platform that would rest on those supports and the armrest of the driver's seat and that would give me an extra foot of space and then i had like a tri-fold um kind of memory foam mattress that would then flip out over that and there you go you've got like six and a half feet of sleeping space and a honda element and you're good to go that's it. Yeah. So now you see how you do it. So your head was essentially towards the back of the car, like towards the hatchback. Yeah. And then my feet would be kind of upright by the, the seats, which was the, it was slightly narrower than like the area around my head and torso. Um, but we've done that kind of setup now for a bunch of different vehicles. We've done it in a Honda CRV, one of the builds we offer um, that is kind of a custom install. So people still have to come to our shop, but is essentially a very similar build where you have, you know, storage underneath and then you have, you know, a flip out extension that gives you six and a half feet of sleeping space in a CRV or have four, you know, smaller, even crossover SUVs. And you can really 
do a lot with smaller vehicles as long as you think creatively about how to make the most of your limited space. Yep. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so basically you guys can do, I can see that now with a smaller car, you can take, uh, you know, almost any car. And what is the, I think about, you know, what would be the the weirdest kind of strangest car you guys have worked on? Has there been anything that sticks out? Like, <laughs> wow, this is, you wouldn't expect a trunk muck in here. We did a, uh, a custom build on a Honda Fit recently. Oh, wow. So someone, um, our yeah. customer, Linda, was like retiring and wanted to essentially kayak around the United States for an extended period of time and didn't want to have to deal with hotels and B&Bs and all that stuff. So she uh, had us build her a small camper build in her Honda Fit. We used a lot of the same uh, design principles that we used in the Element build and it worked great. And, you know, she's a shorter person. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little more of a vibe. I don't know if I could make a Honda Fit camper work for myself no. realistically, but, um, you know, she's she made it work and she's even having us build like a wooden rooftop cargo box for her that was custom fit to be narrow enough to fit next to her kayak on the roof so she's going to have like a roof box for a lot of her gear her kayak on her roof and all of her sleeping and essentials inside so she's just kind of a super like cool modular little tiny camper that gets really good gas mileage Yep. It's interesting because, yeah, that's obviously a key, you know, good gas mileage, especially these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But it's interesting because at a certain point you get to like, okay, you got the Honda Fit, which is the extreme there. And then you go to the other end, it's like, okay, you see these giant, um, cool, you know, these van, these, these uh, whatever, Sprinter van type stuff, right? All these different things that are out there. So, and I think you guys had, when we met at one of the shows, I think you might have had, I think it was like a Dodge. Did you have a Dodge van at yeah. the show? Yeah. And the Dodge van was, you know, you see those all the time, like, wow, these things are amazing. Is it a big difference between the little Honda thing, you know, the small car versus the van build out and how you guys, I mean, is it just completely different about how you design or how somebody would DIY their own? In some ways, yeah. I mean, you know, the biggest difference I'd say between the two is that like in a small car, you're dealing with a lot more kind of contour lines and sort of weird geometry sometimes and, you know, unlevel surfaces that you kind of have to keep in mind when you're doing it. But we really try and think in a way that, you know, regardless of how big the space is, we think from the perspective of like, how do we make the most of it? And I think a lot of the smaller builds we do end up influencing our decisions and creativity on the bigger ones and vice versa, you know? Gotcha. Well, if somebody was listening here and let's just take, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, a car, we could take a van, we could take, well, let's take this van. This might be a good example of one. Um, like you see these little, they're not the sprinter vans, but they're like the Dodge. They're the small van. It's almost like a small car, but they're vans, right? What, Pro Master City. Yeah. 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 Like Pro Master. So if somebody had one of those or something similar, you know, and they wanted to build out something. Is it as simple as, you know, take some two by fours and put in there? What would you tell them to make sure they, they get something that maybe isn't, you know, if they're not a super engineer, but something that's cool? How do they start? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's, you know, you just kind of have to reverse engineer what you want. And so for some people, you know, they might live in a climate where, sleeping in a a vehicle without insulation is you know totally just a thing they don't want to think about doing because it's too hot or it's too cold and so you have to think okay like how much comfort do i need when i'm traveling on the road like you can really do very basic you could just build like you're saying out of two by four a sleeping platform and put a bed in the back and you know build it high enough to where you can keep your gear underneath it mm-hmm. and just drive around and just camp at trailheads or camp at fishing spots and camp at hunting spots and call it a day and you know just wear warm clothes or you know have a warm sleeping bag if it's cold at night but for some people they want that extra level of comfort and there's a lot of things you can do you can you know insulate the the interior and then put up some kind of paneling or carpeting on the inside you can build a floor you can you know install a basic electrical system and these days you know for people who do want to do diy there's just like an unbelievable amount of information out there how to do it. i mean you, you type in how to stall install solar panels right. on a van you're going to get a hundred 
plus YouTube videos that are all probably going to be pretty good at explaining the process of doing it. If you're handy and you want to do that stuff yourself, there's just like an unbelievable amount of information out there to help you do it. And, you know, if you don't like the way one person explains it, there will be 50 others to, you know, explain it better. It's Um, huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Absolutely. It's huge. Yeah. And I have a, uh, I have a friend that's, uh, you know, I, I guess I've got a few friends that are kind of doing this, but I have one friend who's been traveling around the world in his van and he's got mm-hmm. this, you know, he's got this cool, real unique van, but he just recently uh, basically parked his van partly because of gas prices. He's over in Europe somewhere mm-hmm. now, but he oh, parked yeah. his van and now he's in a sailboat sailing uh-huh. around, right? Doing, and he's like doing the same thing. It's like pretty much it's van life in a sailboat. Yeah. Right? I mean, absolutely. it's really, it's kind of in the electrical stuff. That's the part I don't really know too much about. And some of the, and obviously insulation, there's, there's a number of things here, right? Like you said, you can take from the very low level, like put a platform in versus kind of what you guys do. So, when people are doing this, um, yeah, I guess it depends on where you're at. If you're in a hot environment or a cold environment, you kind of have to have the insulation. But if not, um, do you guys find that you find like a lot of your your customers aren't going the insulation route or what's that look like? It depends. I think most people who have us work on a van, even some of the smaller vans, like we've done a few Pro Master Cities or Ford Transit Connects. And if if someone's bringing that to our custom shop to have a, you know a build installed, sometimes the the thing they're really having us do is the insulation, the paneling, the electrical. Um, and then they might have us do like a simple bed system in there to complement that, but they want to make the interior of it nice. But people who are bringing like a Honda CRV or an element to us, like there's never, almost never any of that work because I mean, the vehicle's not really set up for it anyway. I mean, you would have to to insulate an element, I don't know what you have to rip out the paneling and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just try and stuff some wool in there or something. It's just not really right. practical. Um, so we, you know, see, it really depends on the vehicle. Some van, you know, some people don't want to like camp in a van that has just like a bunch of exposed metal and right. that, that doesn't have a nice, like kind of homey feel to it in their, yeah. in their eyes. They want that remedied with insulation and nice looking wood paneling and carpeting and stuff like that exactly yeah yeah to get the the full i mean basically building and that's what you're building you guys build campers i mean you could go to you go to these uh you know go buy a camper right do you guys look at that you know when you see all these campers tons of these rvs out there right i mean when you guys build these like at the highest level when you do everything, electrical, solar, is it essentially, and are you also doing that? Are you creating an RV where literally you're putting in sinks and stuff like that too? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, are building vans a lot of the times to a point where they can be reclassified as a class BRV, you know, Uh in terms of their licensing, because they might have a, you know, a toilet and a sink and a shower and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's all possible. And, you know, you know, talking about boats, like we are in Port Townsend, which is a, you know, right. pretty famous, I guess, you know, port town. <laughs> yep. Um, and, um, you know, the, the maritime culture here is really strong. And a lot of the people who work for us or who even are on our team of founders uh, come from the maritime industry and are used to working with, you know, kind of complex electrical, um, you know, and amenity systems that are based in boats and, you know, building it in vans is really similar in a lot of ways. And, uh, um, you know, it's really kind of a cool crossover, you know, we're a small town, but we have this really, you know, great, kind of culture of maritime and um you know woodworking and all that stuff and all that kind of comes together with what we do that's it yeah that's cool this is it sounds like there's tons of resources out there and like like you said there's you know whatever hundreds of great youtube channels so somebody if they wanted to dig in deeper they could just basically go out there and find somebody that they like to follow and and they can learn how to build right if they want to do solar or whatever else it sounds like it's pretty these days there's so many people doing it right is that kind absolutely of how yeah yeah there's just a huge diy culture around it you know and it's it's one of those things where like we encounter a lot of people too who might be doing a lot of the work themselves, um, but they have certain aspects of the build they don't want to do. A, a really common one is 
uh, we'll do window installs for people because it's just cutting holes in the side of the sheet metal of their Mercedes oh, wow. Sprinter. Sprinter is just a little out of their comfort zone and they you know, <laughs> would rather trust um, the professionals yeah. with that, but they might be doing literally everything else themselves besides Damn. just that window install or some other um, or electrical, you know, that's yeah. another common one that people want help with that they're like, I know there's. I could probably figure this out, but they just don't want to risk wiring no. something the wrong way and causing a fire in their van, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Or the, I always joke about for me, it's like the trailer lights, you know, I, I all these years, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I used to try to do my own trailer lights, the simplest thing, but for some reason, the ground and stuff, right. It, it never works out and you always end up, or, you know, just in water it ends up getting, you know, your connection. So I don't even do trailer lights anymore. It's like, I bring it to a professional do the lights, right? And so you guys are that professional. How did you get to a point where you're doing, I mean, like a window and all this stuff? I mean, do you guys, did you slowly just build these skills where now you can build this whole thing? I I mean, it seems like for me, building a wood bed or a wood structure in the back is a lot different than like cutting a hole in sheet metal. Yeah, yeah. It really is just, um, you know, we have a group of people who work with us um, who have been doing a lot, you know, most of them who work on that aspect of the vans were doing it themselves before they came to camp and car. Uh, they were doing it on their own vans. They were doing vans for other people, maybe more, you know, small scale kind of just helping people out and they just hone those skills. And then, you know, we all just, there's a lot of serendipity, I think with our company and kind of just the people we've met and, you know, brought onto the team over the years and um, just the right people at the right time. And, uh, they just have those skills and they're happy to share them and um, teach other people on the team how to do it. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, not as scary as you might think or not as complex as you might think. It's just involves having a steady hand and knowing how to trace something and be confident in those in those moves. But, um, you know, we're always happy to, you know, help people when whenever they encounter those those barriers. That's it. God, that's, that's really great. So, so you guys have a little bit of a team there. What has that been? How has that been? I'm always interested in that, you know, as you're, as you're building things out, do you, are you kind of finding like friends and family or is this something where you're finding other people, you know, outside of, uh, you know, your kind of inner circle? Yeah, I think there's, there's been a bit of both, you know, especially in the early days, it was a little more like, um, you know, people we were familiar with or acquainted with uh, kind of joining the team, but kind of no matter what we've always, you know, done our due diligence to, you know, cause you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, just cause you like someone as a friend doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be the ideal colleague. And, you know, so we've always kind of done our due diligence to check people out and, you know, put them through some reference checks and stuff. Nowadays, it's definitely more, you know, we're, we're starting to attract people outside our circles. You know, we've got someone coming here, um, moving to Port Townsend from Seattle to start working for us in July, you know, some we never met before. Um, and we're unlike a lot of companies, it seems like we're not having difficulty, you know, finding people when we need them. Um, you know, cause I think we have, we offer something a little different in terms of, you know, not just what we're doing, but like our company culture and our, um, kind of work style and all that stuff is appealing to a lot of people who are feeling a little burnt out with the typical kind of arrangement of everything. Yeah, I gotcha. So you guys are rolling along. Well, and just to tie this up on the, uh, you know, if somebody wants to come in and do it themselves, do you guys have, I would imagine some of your stuff is probably you're not sharing necessarily all the templates out there on. I mean, with, with what you guys build, you know, talk about the difference between, say, building the bunk, you know, just a bed versus stuff with compartments. What sort of talk a little bit about like the the wood, what you choose and how, you know what I mean? Like weight, because I'd imagine if you put too much wood in there now, you're putting a, a bunch of weight to in the back of a car. Is that an issue? Yeah, I mean, it's it depends. So we definitely, you know, weight is obviously a concern for for vehicles you don't you know everything has its payload capacity and you don't want to weigh it down too much for the safety of the vehicle or gas in general um but we we build you know most of the products and a lot of the custom work is done with uh, plywood and uh, plywood is a more weight efficient way to kind of make something as opposed to a bunch of two by fours and it, it's just it's strong oh. and so that's the thing. And Steve, on this, just to interrupt for a second, the, and I think about this because we have a camper, right? And yeah. um, 
and I remember when we first got that camera because I was a I was a rookie on the campers, right? And we we got this. It was a you know, like a twenty foot, not a gigantic, but a pretty decent sized camper, a pole behind. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got in there, we're looking around, and we were like, you know, it's like one of those things where you're like, oh crap, we got this thing. It looks kind of flimsy. You, know, you start <laughs> you start opening it up. You're like, what the hell? They got like they're using yeah. like two by twos, and then. You start uh-huh. looking around, and, and the thing is like, holy crap! But they have to do that because essentially you can't build a freaking camper with two by four or something like that because otherwise it's going to weigh. Well, and this was like an ultralight too, right? So they're trying to keep it lighter weight. But yeah. the issue is, is you got that struggle. I know even with the camper, it's that you're pulling it, it's bouncing. You got this thing that's that's moving that can fall apart versus you can't be too heavy. So how do you guys? Yeah, and, and now talk about how you guys balance that same issue. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it is it is a balance, and I think you know what we do is you know where where a lot of those more mass produced campers um, kind of go wrong in our view is we use really high quality plywood instead mm, of like particle gee. board or yeah. MDF or you know some of the you know with you know vinyl veneers on it. It's like we're we're using cabinet grade stuff or marine grade stuff that's really you know high ply, strong, stable. And it's, it's a lot of it is how you join it, you know, there's like oh, a certain right. intelligence to the design of things where you, you, you know, join things in a way where there's a lot of support and a lot of structural integrity. And, um, you know, from there you can, you know, mix the, you know, good quality plywood with things like one by threes, you know, really smaller scale pieces of lumber and you can do it in a way that is super strong. We are our trunk bunk, you know, bed platforms. We haven't been able to break those in our torture testing. We put hundreds and hundreds of pounds on them. And it's just a frame made from uh, three quarter inch pl- maple plywood with one by three hemlock um, bed slats on it. And it's like so strong. Um, but because there's just a lot of interlocking joinery that creates that strength. And so it's, it's, you know, having people on the team who are engineers who can design this stuff and understand physics and right. all that stuff is a huge component to ensuring that it's quality while also not being super heavy, you know, and not yeah. being difficult to maneuver. Cause a lot of these products are meant to be taken in and out of the vehicle when you're going back and forth between camping or just using it as your daily driver. And we want that to be easy for people, you know? So Right, right. So that's the other big thing here that you have going. So you got a couple of things. You got the, and the, your stuff does look clean. We'll we'll put some links in the show notes to, to like the trunk bunk and stuff. But it's yeah, the wood you can just tell, right? I mean, when you see it, it's not just a piece of plywood. Some you know, it, it's actually kind of looks glossy. You can tell it's like nice custom fit. But the other thing is that it comes out. That's like one of your selling mm-hmm. points. Like literally, this is something you could go camping for the weekend, put your thing in there, and literally in a in a minute, just kind of pop it out. Is that kind of how you guys roll? Yeah, I mean, that's how we, you know, at least, you know, talk about our standard line of products where it's like, you can just pull this out when you don't need to use it and put it back in when you want to, because, you know, it is a lot of it is about getting the most out of your vehicle so that you don't have to own multiple vehicles. You don't have to have something additional in your parking lot that's just collecting, you know, rust a lot of the year. It's, it's, there's, there's a, you know, art to kind of, getting the most out of what you already have and um you know thinking beyond the sort of you know conventional rv uh, mindset when it comes to you know what do you really need when you're on the road and camping right right this is cool okay so that's so that is the big another big factor is that you know building something that can kind of pop out and is it and again so if somebody wanted to build something similar where would you send them for a template do you guys have something that kind of shows a similar thing or could they just go to your website look at your thing and maybe kind of just build something similar looking yeah absolutely i mean we don't you know we don't sell like templates or anything like that but we're obviously everything we do is in a sense based off of something someone else has already done like our trunk bunk bed is based off of like a really quite common expanding bed design that a lot of DIYers have done. So what essentially we're doing a lot of the time is we're looking at, okay, what's a common thing that we see people making on their own on YouTube or on Instagram and how can we kind of redesign that in a way that, you know, we think will be better and offer it to people so that if they don't have the tools or they don't have the, time to DIY something like this, then they can get this from us and it'll essentially fill that niche of what they were looking for 
but we'll just have it ready to go for them. Ready to go. Okay, cool. So, and if they have a car and they could obviously just call you if they have some random car that, you know, yeah. not, yeah, I mean, you guys could build it, but you do have actually, you can go in there and how does that work with, because you have like on your shop, your site, you can actually go buy stuff. So how would you buy something and know that it's going to fit your car? Yeah. I mean, we do our best to kind of provide as much information to help determine that as possible because, you know, there's so many different cars out there. So we couldn't possibly have like a, you know, claim to know exactly is this going to work in your exact car um, for every vehicle. But a lot of it is just about understanding like what the product is and and what your car is and is that compatible. So if you have like a minivan that has like a nice flat area with six feet of length, um, yeah, the six foot trunk bunk is going to work great. But if you have a small SUV that has as seats that fold down, but they don't fold down flat. And there's like a foot extra of height in the front as opposed to the back. And it's lumpy, you know, you, it's probably not going to work. And so you have to understand, like, you know, we put a lot of information on there about like, check the dimensions of your interior space. Is it flat? Like, you know, what, what are you working with? And if you're unsure about any of that stuff, obviously we'll help you figure it out, you know, call or email us. And it's like, We'll, we'll have a conversation about what you've got and what you're trying to make happen and how we can get you there. Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Vault, keeping wild adventure going strong and assuring your next backcountry trip stays memorable, epic, and safe. Bear Vault builds a rugged polycarbonate locking canister that keeps bears and other critters out of your stuff. When we started this uh, this little series, they only had two sizes, one large one, one smaller one. Now they've added two new sizes to their mix. So now even the day hikers, if you're heading out for a day hike into anywhere where there's bears or other critters, they've got a bear vault to match what you need. Believe it or not, food storage is a key consideration when heading into the backcountry hiking, fishing, or camping. The bear vault is leading the way in food protection. Be the guy who has that epic trip, not the guy who has to hike out early because of improper food storage. You can check out bear vault right now, wetflyswing.com slash bear vault. That's B-E-A-R-V-A-U-L-T. You support this podcast by clicking through that link to Bear Vault. Do you guys get a lot of calls from people that are kind of, you know, picking your brain about stuff that maybe, you know, well, I guess they could be on the fence, right? They don't know if they, they want to necessarily buy something or if they want to build something. Do, do you kind of, I guess you got to kind of filter through that a little bit, right? You can't spell it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, we're happy to do that. I mean, that's why we're here. It's like, we're here to help people have awesome adventures in their vehicle, you know, like, like, like we've had and, you know, by offering our, you know, advice and our input and your honest feedback about what is and isn't going to work. Like we hope to bring value into people's lives that way. And sometimes that results in a sale and sometimes it doesn't, but that's, you know, not always the point. The point is like, from a you know larger purpose standpoint to just help people have fun and do it in a way that's you know doesn't require you know necessarily the manufacturing of a huge rv every time someone wants to get out there you know right yeah yeah and that's and the problem with the rvs is that they're giant you know they sit around and um yeah they're just i mean gas right especially now right gas prices oh, yeah and it's yeah it's crazy right i mean you, you put it how does that work when you you know i know when you're pulling something like that it drops your gas mileage down you know super low when you're adding you know a, a trunk bunk or that whole thing say they put your they build out kind of the basic stuff you guys have right i mean what are you what are you talking there is that like a couple hundred pounds or how much weight is that it's not very much i mean so like a a bed platform like the trunk bunk is usually like around 40 pounds and mm-hmm. you know the whole like home on wheels kit which includes like some shelving units is about 100 and so it's really pretty negligible in terms of impact on gas mileage because you're not putting something on the roof that's inf- impacting your aerodynamics um you know ultimately you're putting you know the same amount of weight as you would have you know, if you're only, if it's only you or if it's you and one other person and, and some camping gear, it's not really any more weight than, you know, if you had said instead had three people in the back, you know, in your, in your back row seats. So I, th- I think, you know, for the most part, people don't seem to th- indicate that it impacts the mileage negatively. And I know even in my own Honda Element that was, you know, full of stuff, 
that I was <laughs> because I was living in it, you know. So I had, like right. all of my backpacking gear, all of my clothes, all you know, just what were you getting in that thing? What was that thing getting for mileage? With a Thule like cargo box on top yeah. on the highway, I was getting between twenty and twenty-two miles to the gallon. Yeah, there you go. And and that's a vehicle with you know all-wheel drive and other you know things that you might not necessarily associate with good mileage. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And nowadays, I mean, I imagine the more we go in this, the cool thing about the higher gas prices is it. I mean, who knows how long this lasts? But you know, it's going to keep forcing the electric. Do you, do you guys think yeah. you see that? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you do you see a lot of uh, electric? I'm not even sure what electric cars would would be would work with this. You know, it's one of those things in the industry where there's definitely a trend now towards electric vans. We haven't actually had a full electric car come through our shop yet for a build or anything. But I think um, you know, there's uh, companies now like VW. There's some new companies like Canoe that are coming out with all, all electric vans. And, uh, you know, we would love to kind of get involved with that. And we see ourselves, you know, maybe potentially buying some of those vans someday and adding them to our line of pre-built ready to go vans, uh, that people can buy fully converted by us. You know, I think it's going to be tough at first because there's just going to be such high demand for me right now. It's hard to get a van period. Yeah. Like, right. It, right. It, it doesn't like it, or a truck yeah Yeah, it's like it's hard to get a van that's a gas guzzling monster as opposed to i'm sure when these electric vans start hitting the market it's just going to be like a huge demand surge but um you know we are definitely interested in you know encouraging that direction of things and see ourselves kind of getting more involved in that you know electric van world as time goes on for sure yeah that's great Thanks. Well, you mentioned uh, the Bob Wells, and I wasn't familiar with that. I'm kind of interested because I love, you know, the, the kind of you mentioned like the nonprofit. Can you describe? I don't know how well you know that story. Like uh, this, this guy. And talk about. Do you do you know Bob Wells pretty well? That his story. Yeah, I mean, so Bob is you know one of those kind of um, YouTube van life celebrities who has one of those channels that's like super helpful just every topic you could possibly imagine he's covered it on his channel cheap rv living and he's such a presence in the the you know nomadic world that you know he plays himself in that movie nomadland that won best picture last year oh wow you know his whole thing is that he's kind of a he's kind of a voice for a lot of the people who do van life and live out of their vehicles as a necessity as opposed to like, you know, the luxury kind of sprinter van culture. And he, he has a nonprofit that uh, provides a lot of really helpful resources for people who um, need to do this, you know, education. Um, there's a lot of gatherings where there's skill training and there's kind of simple conversions provided by the community um, that are free of charge and, they do a lot of really cool things and we developed our home on wheels kit in tandem with kind of what they saw as being like the essentials in a minivan uh, conversion kit. And um, we have kind of continued to work with them on some things and hopefully we'll be converting vans for them in the future again. And just, it's a really cool community that they have and um, just you know, the the value that his YouTube channel can offer alone is huge for people, especially if they're interested in DIY van builds or want to learn more about different products and all that good stuff. Gotcha. So the, uh, the cheap R, uh, well, you got a couple links, the cheap RV living YouTube channel, the nomad land. These are, sounds like another movie I need to add to the list. I haven't seen. So you've been working with, uh, Bob Wells and hit to like help building out their stuff. Yeah, we, we provided a, home on wheels kit to them uh in april 2021 for one of their clients um they you know occasionally will just award a van to someone who is kind of on the edge of homelessness and we provided a kit a kit for one of those individuals and uh that kit was sort of developed with their input about what they saw as being like a a good balanced kind of simple product that could be really good for living and camping out of that might resonate with the kind of van life community at large. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's interesting because you've got a lot going on. You've got the, you know, you've got the extreme levels of literally the the homeless, right? The very, 
mm-hmm. all sorts of people in RVs and, you know, just crazy stuff out there. But then you've got other people out there, which is the thing maybe you don't see as much, but people that are maybe, um, I don't know if it's choosing is the right word, but they're living out of it too. I mean, what do you see that kind of around where you see kind of people that are choosing to kind of be living out of their van? Well, like you did, right? I mean, six yeah. months, you could, you could live out of it for six months. I, I'm thinking more like, I guess I'm thinking of the extreme, like people that are maybe struggling and they're, they're forced to do it versus people that are actually just enjoying and, and camping around, right? You got these two extremes, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are, it's, it's an interesting aspect of, of this kind of culture of van life because you you really do have people who um you know feel like um for whatever reason that that's their their option at the moment and they can't afford rent or they you know there's a lot of people in that sort of you know cheap rv living world who might be older and are on social security and it's not enough for them to pay for bills in a conventional housing situation but it's enough for them to get by if they're living in a in a van um, and so that's sort of the the route they choose to go and um, what their community does is really kind of provide the resources to do it safely and in a way that um, you know is as comfortable as possible and then yeah. you also have like yeah the the higher echelons of society where they're spending two to th- three hundred thousand dollars on a mercedes sprinter and a conversion right. and maybe like some exclusive yep. like campground kind of subscriptions that are you know thousands of dollars a month and um right. it's <laughs> you know it's it's sort of like it goes as high or as low as you really you know as you can imagine yeah yeah that is that is yeah there's a lot so the, so it's good at least we have a, a resource here and there's probably a way of connecting with bob or, or and i'm sure through his channel if you wanted to help you know kind of help out some of these people that are they're struggling i'm sure you know there's ways we can connect uh i guess would bob would be would he be a good person to connect with just to try to if you wanted to help out some of these people i think the 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 really if you're looking to help like people in this world the you know his his nonprofit the homes on wheels alliance is a you know you can donate to them they provide those services and um you know that's probably the most direct way you can get involved and they also have like volunteer events and i think look for people to kind of provide if they're handy especially provide service direct services to help build out vans for people who who might need them at various events especially you know their activity is really concentrated in like the southwest um because you know the southwest has just so much public land and there's so oh, many right. places you know like you know that's one thing that people ask us a lot about is like well if you are living in a van or you're traveling in a van like and you don't want to pay for a you know rv campground every night like what's where do you go and and so like well you know did you you know a lot of people just don't know did you know you can camp on bureau of land management land or national forest land for free anytime basically and you know that's something that there's a lot of that in the the american west you know the southwest specifically you know utah nevada arizona there's just so many places you can camp um free of charge and you're not going to have a shower necessarily but you're going to have a beautiful you know sparsely populated scenic space um that you can you know hang out and enjoy that might be you know close-ish to a town where you can get those services if you need them right that's cool yeah there's so much to this topic because uh you know it's just it's cool you know just from the build out right because we can go into talking about just how to do it right the whole Mm -hmm. solar panels and if you think of the rv right you're plugging in your thing to a, a, a you know whatever you know plugging in the camper but but a lot of times i mean you're not really basically the stuff you guys are building is more like solar and you're not you're you're off the grid right yeah, that's kind of the, you know, that's sort of the goal of a lot of what we design is the ability to be off grid. And, um, you know, some of the vans might have like a short power plug in for charging your battery system when you're parked at a house or a campground. But really what our goal is, is to allow people to go a little farther, go a little more off the beaten path, kind of think outside the the norms of, you know, our RV and camping culture and allow you to connect more with nature and the outdoors on your excursions. Yeah, that's cool. Well, what is the, um, 
you know, you mentioned it, it's hard to find these vans. I mean, would you have any tips? You're, you're in that world a little bit. Um, I mean, if somebody wanted to try to find a van, I mean, I guess they're all like $40,000 and more. I mean, what, what would be your tip to, if somebody wanted to, would love to get one of these vans and maybe it's got more miles on it. Yeah. Like yeah, totally. Where, where would you, yeah. Where would you direct somebody if they really wanted to get one, but they didn't have necessarily like 50 K or a hundred K to buy one of these? Of course. Yeah. I think that for, you know, a lot of people nowadays, um, you know, finding a good used vehicle deal. Like I bought a Toyota Tacoma this year for a crazy deal and I found it on Facebook marketplace. And, um, I think that like, you know, there's so many groups out there on Facebook specifically for, uh, you know, van sales, used vehicle sales, used van sales. And, you know, even if the dominant market prices are kind of high right now, you all can always find a deal. There's always someone who is just trying to get rid of the thing or they don't, they're not paying attention to the market prices or they don't know what they have. And they, you know, just kind of following those groups, um, you know, checking Craigslist. But I think that I've had more luck on the, um, the Facebook groups, honestly, just in terms of having a wider variety of deals available and seeing kind of just because it's a lot of it's just people putting stuff out there that they have and you know like i said a lot of them are just trying to get rid of it quickly or a lot of them are you know some people buy a van with the intention of converting it and life gets in the way and maybe it's like a half finished project and if someone doesn't mind kind of stepping into finding that weird like kind of in-between van that's sort of on its way but needs more done then i really can't recommend just going on the facebook groups the buy sell trade groups enough to yeah, really be a good resource for finding a used vehicle these days. That's great. No, that's a great tip. And I wasn't thinking about that. I know. Yeah. Facebook marketplace. I mean, that's another one of those killer resources. So we'll, we'll kind of uh, make note of that and I'll do a little bit of research as well because I think we're, we're in the market of finding uh, you know, another vehicle now and it's like, okay, what's the vehicle we want? You know, okay. A van would be cool, but then there's, you know, maybe an SUV or then you got gas mileage. I mean, for you, when you think out, say, you know, your next vehicle, money is no option sort of thing. <laughs> what, what, what is, what are you getting if you could just get whatever right now? Oh man. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got a, my partner and I, we've got a Crosstrek and a Tacoma. So we're pretty set in terms of like, you know, basic vehicle functions, but I do want to get at some point, I do want to get a van and like maybe a smaller one. And if money was no object, I might get like a, if I was getting a van and money was no object, I'd probably go with like a, like a four wheel drive for transit or something like that because oh, yeah. they have a model that's tall enough for me to stand in fully. It's like six foot seven or yep. something. And, um, the, the four wheel drives are, you know, they're a little more, um, affordable than the sprinters, but they're also like easier to fix and, you know, kind of there's more parts for them and more mechanics that can work on the right. Ford vans as opposed to the sprinter vans, which are, you know, a German made and the, yeah, a lot yeah. more complicated. Dodge doesn't even make it, right? Is it, is it all Mercedes now making that Sprinter now? The, yeah, I guess the yeah. Ones? The new yeah. the new Promasters are 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 aren't made by Mercedes anymore, and they're great vans. I think they're super cool, and obviously, we, like we we sell them, we like buy them and sell them and convert yeah. them. Um, just thinking from my perspective as being yep. as tall as I am and as you know, know adventurous and you know as I am like wanting that four wheel drive, I would probably go with that just to kind of you know and then you know maybe not the biggest and longest model but um you know either that or like one of these upcoming electric vans the only downside to the electric vans is is someone who is is kind of a alaska junkie you can't get (laughs) up there yet plug in yeah i don't think the alcan has full um electrical charging station capacity for people to drive all the way up there um so if you're fine staying in the lower 48 i'd say like electric van is the way and i'm sure they'll have it up there eventually so it's only a matter of time that's right yeah the electric vans and that's that's part of the thing so cool yeah and i and i agree that i remember when i was looking at the dodge a while back it's like front wheel drive 
you know, it doesn't really do it for me because, I mean, God, you imagine going over the mountain in some snow, that that's not a real great vehicle probably to have, you know, the four-wheel drive, you know what I mean? you got to add on a little bit. And, and look at Ford, um, look at the uh, the F-150, the Lightning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they just came out, that you know, they got the now all-electric uh, pickups. Yeah. I'd imagine these vans are, are they got to be, if they're doing this for a pickup, which pull a lot of weight, I'd imagine the vans are right behind them. Yeah, they they absolutely are, and like I said, there's companies like you know VW and um, some mm-hmm. startups like this company called Canoe that it's kind of worth checking out. Where they're they're coming out with electric vans, and I've I remember on my travels, I actually in the Yukon met this uh, these Australian guys who had a it was kind of the craziest van. It was like I don't remember the build of the van, but they had con- essentially converted a van into electric via solar power and they couldn't oh, wow. they could go only like 50 miles a day yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was kind of to prove a point i think on their part yeah. they were like we're just going to take let this vehicle take us as far as it can every day and you're going to enjoy that slower you know kind of pace of travel and they seem to love it and the, you know the fact yeah. that they had converted this van to run off of solar power entirely was pretty impressive to me that is cool that is cool well where are you guys heading next now you got you got all this stuff you got some cool products here uh we talked about some resources bob you know wells and things like that are you guys i mean what's your next step how are you guys going to be doubling down are you going to just keep doing more of the same or you know you're going to be building out um like a new youtube channel or what do you got going well, I mean, it's always, you know, we're always innovating and coming up with new stuff. I mean, I think the, you know, products that we are creating will just continue to expand. Or, you know, we're going to be releasing like a wooden rooftop cargo box that if someone mm-hmm. is looking for something a little cooler looking than like a Thule that they can get that from us. And um, just more and more of the, of the standard products will become, continue to become available. And we bought our first um or our first brand new ProMaster, as it were, hmm. uh, last week actually. We it came oh, it wow. came in from the factory to the dealership, and we 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 took it home, and we're going to be building that out. So uh, the ProMaster we were selling at the Sportsman Show where I met yeah. you was the 2015, I believe, and this yep. one will be a 2022. So you know, totally new with you know less than a thousand miles on it, and selling wow. that as a fully converted van and kind of increasing the amount of those vans we're offering on the market and hopefully, um, you know, kind of moving towards a different variety of vans too, like smaller vans or electric vans in addition to that ProMaster and just kind of continuing to innovate in that sphere and, you know, really just making things that um, are a result of a lot of the time, you know, what people are asking for time and time again in the custom shop and then being like, okay, we get a lot of requests for this sort of thing. So let's just start making it widely available in our store so people can just purchase it from us as opposed to having us have to custom make it for them. Custom it. Well, what is that? Just so somebody that doesn't know, if they're that uh, 2022 ProMaster, uh, what what did that thing cost you guys? The van itself? Yeah. Uh, it, was, van. it was about 44000 um, yeah, with the, so that's about. So that's not yeah. bad, though. I mean, forty four thousand, literally for a, a brand new, you know. Which and that's the thing about these vans, right? Or even cars in general, right? You get the right car. I mean, literally, you might even make be able to sell it for more money in a few years, right? They're not losing their value. <laughs> no, it's kind of crazy right now because we we were looking, you know, just at the market about okay, well, if we just wanted to buy one that was pretty new but it was used, it was more expensive. Like yeah, people were God. people were selling Nuts. like twenty twenty Pro Masters with ten thousand miles for fifty two grand, and we're like, wow. We're like, no, <laughs> no. If you can no. if you can wait the six months it takes yeah. to go to the dealership, have it totally custom made, choose your color, choose your bells and whistles, and you can yeah. wait the six months. Just do that. I can't God. in good faith. So is that the same? Yeah. Is that the same with all, I mean, I know it's not all vehicles, but I mean, did you guys do some research? Like if you're going to buy a, a car, it, does it make more sense now to, because cars are crazy, right? You go buy a whatever and it's $30,000. I think a lot of the times it does. I mean, yeah. I like I said, I bought a Tacoma this year and I had been looking and I had kind of given up because I was like, people were, yeah. people were like, here's a 20... 2004 to come with 100,000 miles and it's $25,000 and it's like get real Jesus. like no way wow 
I heard that. I heard that from somebody that was telling me about these, the, the Toyota Tacomas, that there's this weird cult. It's almost like a cult thing, right? It is, going yeah. Like, wow, you're getting like a 94 uh, whatever Tacoma is going for the like 10 whatever it is, right? Yeah, I got a 2011 with 60,000 miles for a really good price. And I was I drove to Portland to get it because I was like, I need the, I need this. And <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, there's so much of that going on right now. I sold my Element recently um, for more than i paid for it no kidding and it has since you know i put seventy thousand miles in five years on it and i sold it for more yep. and i included the amazing the camper build but still <laughs> yeah the camper build that is, that is a little bit well so on this pro master so when you guys i'm imagining it's going to be just dialed in with everything right that it's going to be a class whatever rv yep so now what could you guys what would you sell that thing for just roughly now after it's all built out it's gonna be, you know, over over six figures probably, like around around a hundred some thousand dollars. Um, and, and then, you know, like compared to a lot of the other ones that are on the market, it's 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 a steal. It's still a um, deal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's new, so that's that's great, and um, you know, that helps you know with the longevity, and you know, I think that 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 can be one of the biggest things in the in the pre-built van market that i find hard to swallow is like people will sell a sprinter van with a hundred thousand miles on it and the conversion is new but you've got you know so many miles yeah. on the vehicle already and they're still asking you know 150 to two hundred thousand yeah. dollars wow. for the the van and it's just like that feels like a tough yeah investment to swallow you know that is tough because it's like anything once you go over a hundred thousand or whatever. I mean, just stuff on the vehicle starts breaking down, right? I mean, you need brakes, you need, or you know, all everything. I mean, it's just like totally. it's a vehicle. Yeah, it's like you're spending, you know, just so much money Another, or to keep it yeah. going, and it's like it's hard not to want to keep it going because you already spent this much on the van, and it's and so we're really we would prefer if we're selling the vehicle ourselves just to to give it to you fresh, still under warranty. And, you know, have people feel better about um, just kind of the, the lifespan. Because at this point, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, you're not paying more because it's new. It doesn't matter anymore. So yeah. <laughs> might as well just give it to you new. Interesting. Cool. Well, yeah, well, uh, I wanted to check uh, on the uh, the Olympic Peninsula. I think I might have to hold that one for a later conversation. I know you're, you mentioned uh, you're going on a trip here. So maybe we can get a follow up with you and uh, hear about how that went. Uh, that's an area that I'm hoping to get out to more. But um, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, Steve, I'll respect your, your time here today. Uh, if, if people have questions for you, we'll send them out to uh, Camp N, N Car. That's uh, Camp N, not N. It's C-A-M-P-N-C-A-R.com. And, uh, and we'll put links in the show notes as well. So, um, so yeah, thanks for taking the, all the time today and appreciate you shedding some light on, on this, uh, this cool, the build out stuff. Right on. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. So there it is. Webflyswing.com slash 349. 349 will get you some of the links. You can take a look at what Steve has going there with some of his build outs. And you can see uh, some of those unique things we talked about today. He's got something that's probably going to fit just about any car. So take a look. This was definitely, uh, we were trying to expand things, uh, check out something of interest to some of the folks out here. But before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out, listener shout out to, to Nigel. Nigel, Nigel, Nigel. You know who you are. Thanks for taking a moment to check in with me and letting me know you've been enjoying the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. If you get a chance, you can just send me a quick email, dave at wetflyswing.com or on social. I'd love to hear if you've been listening to the show, if you haven't checked in with me. Um, definitely love to hear from people out there that uh, is what helps me going strong and if you have an episode or a topic you'd love to hear me dig into I'd, I'd definitely love to serve that up for you as well so what is your what is your camping uh, vehicle your what do you what do you got going this year are you going to be doing the same thing uh, in the past are you kind of doing the tent camping thing thinking about maybe uh, a camper um, you know do you have a pickup do you have a what do we talk about? Some of the cars in here that sounds like, uh, what was the element? I think the element was one, even the element, which isn't super long. You can transform anything into a place to camp. When we did the the trip to uh, Wyoming, that was one of those things where we probably could have had some better, a better setup. Um, and we kind of made do with what we had, but you know, if we would have had one of these uh, Steve's uh, setups here, it definitely would have made things a little bit easier. 
Um, so we'll see. Maybe this next year we'll have one of these, uh, get these good to go. That's it. I'm going to get out of here, get on to the next episode. And that next episode is going to be a good one. We got Semperfly on, synthetic fly time materials. We got Ann and Andy, the the mastermind brains behind Semperfly. We hear about how, how they created one of the, um, actually one of the best companies in the UK. Um, they won the Queen's Award. So that's a really interesting story about how that all went down. Um, so stay tuned next week. Click that uh, subscribe button or follow button. If you haven't already, you'll get notified when that's uh, when that goes live. And uh, and if this is uh, this is in the future, uh, that episode should be ready to go. Just just click on to that next episode, 350. Give her a shot. All right, I'm out of here. Thanks for your support. Thanks for checking in today. And I look forward to catching you on the water or maybe online. I hope you're having a good evening, a good morning, or a good afternoon wherever you are in the world. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.